Happy Monday morning, everybody. You've got to stop saying happy Monday. Why? Because it's not happy. But look, we need to be the, the bright ray of sunshine into the dreary Mondays of our listeners. No, <laughs> just a blank stare. That's all I'm getting across the table. Hey, it's Monday. It is uh, Privacy Week. Privacy Week here on the Back Row Morning Show. We're going to be discussing kind of several different topics. Uh, we're going to be discussing today privacy and marriage. You know how how do we how dun, do we dun, dun. Yeah, how do we handle getting some private time or what we share, mm-hmm. how much we share, all that kind of stuff. We're going to get into that with our spouses. Uh, plus, latest news, random facts, and our weekly recap. But first, it is April 8th, and we got a couple holidays to celebrate, don't we, Mo? We do, and I've <clears throat> memorized them, so I'm going to say them with my eyes closed. Because <laughs> I'm still so tired. <laughs> so, it's National Ampanada Day. Did I you say really, that? yeah, you really umped it. Umpanada. <laughs> is, it, is it umpanada or is it isn't it empanada? Umpanada. I've empanada? heard it. I have heard it both ways. Well, I think empanada. because of the baseball in me, that's why I say umpanada. <laughs> but I don't know. That was uh, a bum. <laughs> uh, it, what were you gonna say something well, about it? it? There's 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 savory empanadas mm-hmm. and, and sweet they're sweet. Empanadas. I know. I had what never realized that there were savory until probably maybe three years ago at yeah. a baby shower, and there were like the sausage. I was hoping you were going to say you thought it was a pie and you bit into it. <laughs> no, I mean I thought that it was like a caramel apple one, yeah. you know, like you get from Taco Bell, mm. but. We talk about Taco Bell a lot on our show. We do talk about Taco Bell. <laughs> Seems to come up in an ordinate amount of time. Um, <clears throat> but I bit into it and it was sausage. I want to say sausage and pep- potatoes? Peppers? Probably. Either one. Um, And I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh, so you did expect it to be I did expect dessert. it to be That's more hilarious. sweet. And then tasted it and it was savory. <laughs> and at first I was taken off guard and I didn't think I was going to like it, but... I took a second bite because my mama raised me right, <laughs> and I actually liked it. It's right. pretty good. Because fir- that first bite, you can't judge, because it's just your body reacting. Yeah. Especially in shock like that, when yeah. you're expecting one thing and getting another. Yeah. <laughs> no, my mom always said, if you don't like something the first time you try it, try it a second time, and then if you still don't like it, you don't have to eat it. <laughs> so, that's my rule of thumb. Yeah. Uh, it's also Zoo Lovers Day. We have the second largest zoo in New Mexico we here have, in our town. We have a very impressive zoo for the size of our town. We yeah. do, but what's funny is, so there's this Facebook page here in our community um, where it's really just a bunch of people who go to complain about our community. <laughs> um, they say that they want change, and so that's what the page is for, is to like implement change and and make discussions on how to implement change but they just argue all the time (laughs) but nobody wants the same change yeah no wants different change exactly it's bad (laughs) it's good for entertainment but it's bad um but they were arguing last week about the zoo and i was just like you guys we have very little to do here for our kids as is stop complaining about something that is good for families mm-hmm. in Clovis. Chill out. 
If you don't like it, invest a little bit in it. If you don't like it, go to the zoo people and talk to them and see how you can help. But don't go on Facebook and complain. Mm -hmm. Go to a a really cruddy zoo and then try to complain about ours. Because ours is not bad. The one in Alamogordo? Not so good. <laughs> they have dogs there. Yeah. Dogs aren't a zoo animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a domesticated zoo. It's just whatever animals decide to walk in that day. <laughs> have goldfish. What's going on here? Is this a PetSmart? Are we in PetSmart? <laughs> I think they just bought a PetSmart and labeled it a zoo. That's exactly what they did. (laughs) That is exactly what they did. (laughs) Oh, man. If you love what we do here at the Back Row Morning Show, or more importantly, Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us on uh, patreon.com slash backrowradio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Or you can go to backrowradio.com, and down at the bottom of the page, you'll find our Patreon link. Uh, we got a new new patri- Patreoner, new patron new this week. New patron, that's right, yeah. Stephanie Crook. Yep, very excited. I don't know if you were going to shout her out, but I definitely I, did I for was. you. <laughs> I was going to say her name. So I'm, I I'm, said I'm, it, <laughs> and then I looked at your face, and I was like, oh man. Maybe was I shouldn't have said thing? that. Was that a bad thing? Uh, yes, welcome, Stephanie, to our group. Uh, if you become a new patron, even for just a dollar a month, you get... You get added to our special Facebook group called The Scoop. And The Scoop people get to get directly involved and even help us make decisions about what happens here on Backdoor Radio, including uh, what we call Bop or Flop, where if I'm on the fence about a certain song, new song, new single, new release, uh, if we want to add it to the station or not, I get to hand it over to you. And y'all get to decide if if you like it or not. And we've had three of these so far since we opened the group. And uh, two of them have gone through and one hasn't. We saved y'all from a flop. (laughs) It was not good. I kind of liked it, but yeah, it just didn't That's how we all felt. It was like, yeah, I kind of like it, but not so much. It's not terrible. I just, I don't care about it. Yeah, (laughs) I don't love it. Uh, yeah, it's real fun, and we still got more things that we're going to be implementing. It's a relatively new group, uh, but it's already started. It's already been great, and uh, we're soon going to be doing some giveaways in that group as well, just specifically for our donors. So, hey, if you can afford that $1 a month, or maybe a little more, maybe 5 bucks, maybe give up one, one Starbucks coffee a month for us to help us uh, continue to grow, to get more content, uh, and to pay for licensing we would be greatly appreciative. So mm-hmm. again, you can go check out all the different tiers. We got tons of rewards uh, that only get better and better the more you want to give each month. Um, but yeah, head over to patreon.com slash radio and check everything out. And uh, we'd be grateful. Thank you. Back row radio. <laughs> I got to come up with another one. <laughs> yeah, you were about to say the same one, weren't you? Yep. Here's the news, folks. On the weekend of its release, the unplanned movie was suspended from Twitter for reportedly violating the social media giant's community standards. Saturday afternoon, Leela Rose, the founder and president of the pro-life group Live Action, or is it Live Action? 
I don't know. <laughs> live or live action? <laughs> I want to say it's live action. Uh, shared that the unplanned movie Twitter account, which had just under 7,000 followers at the time, was suspended. According to CBN News, Twitter unsuspended the account upon, quote-unquote, further review. After reinstating the unplanned account, the follower account jumped from just under 7,000 followers to nearly 200,000 followers in just a few days. And as of just before 11 a.m. this past Friday, the unplanned Twitter account had nearly 349,000 followers. Wow. While Planned Parenthood's Twitter account has just about 256,000. Boom. Mic drop. But uh, this movie's been uh, in the news a little bit. It has. Or at least in the rumor mill a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Stirring up some controversy. We do know that K-Love had decided to not run any ads for the movie. Y'all, listen. That's just another reason (laughs) to stop listening to K-Love. I mean, we know that we... We're not running ads for it either, but we don't run ads. We know that the pledge drive twice a year is enough reason. But this is just the cherry on the cake. To just stop and listen to Back Row Radio. <laughs> they can have both. Some people no. are really dedicated no, to Caleb. No, no, no. My wife is one of them. And I let her. I let her have I some Caleb time. You can have some Caleb time. Just you know, bring it back just, home. Just know what you're supporting <laughs> as you're listening to it. Uh, I did see the movie. Have you seen the movie? No. You're Was it here to in the... town? Uh, yes. Okay, because I looked and I didn't see briefly. any show time. Okay. Very briefly. Okay. Like I'm... most, mo- we only have a seven movie theater here and if we get a faith movie in, it's usually here for about a week. Yeah. Maybe two. And, and to be totally honest, Matt, I didn't see a whole lot of like build up to this movie. Like you do with most movies, yeah. you know. I didn't see yeah, previews there's, in the other movies. Usually there's a big like community push, too, yeah. for faith movies, encouraging churches to buy out the yeah. theater for a showing and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, that didn't seem to happen here either. Um, but, yeah, I did see the movie. Of course, like any faith-based or faith group producted, produced, right. whatever. It has a certain quality. Yeah, it's the acting is kind of garbage. But... The story itself and the way they did some certain scenes, uh, yeah, pretty intense. Yeah? Pretty intense. Did pretty you cry? interesting. I did not cry, and that's probably because I was multitasking at the time. I was thinking of other things. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it was intense. There were a couple scenes where I was glued. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. I don't understand the R rating. I mean, they did have uh, specifically one scene, kind of two scenes, but one specifically, one intensely, that showed the process. You know, Mm -hmm. you didn't see, you know, under under the gown or anything going on under there, but you did see some... Parts. Guts. and and, the baby. And uh, blood and whatever. Yeah. But... But I've not seen PG thirteen, yeah. yeah. not R rated amounts, yeah, uh, at all. What surprised me about the movie was because it is a pure flicks movie. What surprised me about the movie is that there was cussing in it. But what was more surprising is that it was unnecessary cussing. Really? Like I don't mind cussing in a movie, but I wanted to have a point. Yeah, uh, we've talked about this be before. There's, yeah, there's a Christian movie called The Second Chance. It has mm-hmm. cussing in it every single time it's used. I feel like it's appropriately used. Yeah. Uh, this time I felt like they're just 
It was only you know it was only the non-Christian characters, of course, that cussed. <laughs> but of course, uh, but it was just it was strange. Uh, I will give them credit that they uh, accurately portrayed both genuine, kind, loving protesters and the jerk protesters that are yeah. calling names and whatever. You know, Good. they 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 showed that people on the opposing side, uh, our side, could be jerks as well and need. <laughs> need to have there a little bit more love and compassion sides, yeah truly but, <clears throat> but uh no they did a really good job i uh, want to take yeah. the boys to see it yeah uh i think i think i think it would be good for them to see yeah i'm I not think gonna i'm a... not gonna say i think they'll enjoy it right but... right and i think obviously mila is still too young she's just eight yeah um it will be a movie that we will keep for when the time is right for her to see it. But mm-hmm. I think at 12 and 13 for the boys, it's a good a good time for them to really, you know, they're hearing things at school anyway. Sure. They're being exposed to different ideas and opinions and beliefs at school about this topic. So I want them to be educated. Not only, I, not only do I want for them to feel like I've drilled it into them because that's how we believe and that's what the Bible says, but I want for them to see from a first-person perspective and be educated and knowledgeable as to what the process truly is. Right. And they do do a good job about uh, presenting how the process works, being honest with, you know, there's, you know, there are, oh, well, we're, we're about all women's care of mm-hmm. every kind. We don't, we're not just an abortion provider. Yeah. You're an abortion provider. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they, they're honest about that. Uh, one thing I didn't like was that they kind of went out of their way to make the, uh, the pro-abortion people, at least the higher ups, Mm -hmm. seem cartoonishly evil. Really? Like just, just, you know, just, just a little evil villain snide comment here and there, which, you know, of course they're trying to frame a, a quote unquote bad guy in the movie, Mm -hmm. but it felt a little, little bit over the top. Yeah. For that, because I would say that most people who are involved with Planned Parenthood, at least at a clinic level, actually believe they are doing something good. Right. Uh, which they also do portray in this, you know, with the which other the other nurses character. or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. the main character herself. Yeah. yeah, believe that they're doing something good. You know, we don't want to vilify them as people. We just think that. It's almost like society's been brainwashed with this topic of, of uh, yeah, this is a good thing. It's yeah. great. It's a good thing. Yeah. And uh, we want to try and come out of that. But overall, overall, I give it a, a, a high mark. I think it was a, a good portrayal, especially of the specific story it was trying to tell. Yeah. Because it's based on that actual uh, woman's story, testimony. Uh, so I think it was good. Could have been better, but I think it was... Uh, about the level anyone would expect yeah. from a Christian movie, Christian production movie. Uh, so, yeah, go see it. Good enough to go see. Let's put it that way. Mm. And follow them on Twitter. Have Get that number mind. even higher. <laughs> All right, more news. Students at the California school put together 868 sandwiches in three minutes. Dang. 
to break a Guinness World Record. The How sand- many kids were it, were there? Uh, it Doesn't does not say. say. <laughs> just the entire school. Because, uh, I mean, if there were 868 kids. <laughs> right, well, that makes sense. The San Diego Jewish Academy said the students made a total of 868 sandwiches in the allotted time, nearly doubling the previous record of 490. The sandwiches were donated to San Diego's Alpha Project for distribution among the city's homeless population. Uh, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to know how many, but I'm I'm assuming because it's a Guinness World Record, there you know, were stipulations. There, yeah, there yeah. are always stipulations, so it would yeah. have to still be. It would be impressive. Yeah, because who cares if it's eight, if it's 868 students each make a sandwich in three minutes? No one cares. Wah-wah. Guinness ain't gonna put that on. Why board. didn't you make it in a minute? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Domino's has gone in an unexpected direction with their latest release. Domino's has launched two new limited edition items, a hot dog stuffed calzone and a hot dog topped pizza. <gasps> However, the menu editions are not hitting US stores. If you are if you uh, if you want to try the very clearly American inspired dish You'll have to head over to France. Of course. Strangely. Oh, gosh. According to Brand Eating, the Cal Z hot dog is filled with mozzarella sliced hot dogs and yellow mustard. Gross. <laughs> gross, gross, gross. The hot dog pizza is not only topped with the sausage style meat, but it's also stuffed in the crust. Which okay. Go pizza ahead. Hut is done. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza Hut has done that. Pizza's had like a full ring of hot dogs. I don't think they did that here, though. But they did stuff like. No, many hot dogs and things, didn't they? The I crust? think that we had the hot dog. Did stuffed. you have the full ring, the full hot dog ring? Yeah, where it's stuffed in the crust. Yeah, yeah. Okay, did they yeah. do that here? Yeah, I knew they had been doing it in like Japan for years already. Yeah, because uh, they do weird stuff to pizza in Japan. Okay, they don't understand what pizza is in Japan. No, <laughs> they don't. And what's funny is so two things: one, Europeans. Hot dog is not our staple food. Just because it's like what you think of mm. when you think of American, it's not our staple food. I feel food. like it is. No, so like listen. <laughs> listen. In Italy, when you ask for an American pizza, you will get a pizza with french fries on top of it what? as a topping. And they will offer you to have what their version of a hot dog is. Mm. It's not what, like, it's more like a sausage. Yeah. You know, like a thin sausage link but they will offer you the option to have hot dog on top of it and every time we went to a pizzeria in italy and they asked us if we i'm like no we don't like hot dogs that much are they good yes are they good ballpark food yeah are they good during the summer Uh uh-huh is it a good option for toddlers when they need a quick lunch yes are we eating hot dogs in every meal no, we're not. <laughs> we are eating french fries in every meal, so it's okay. Now, ha- french fries. fries on top of pizza is actually really good. Is it? It is super good. Worst. Surprisingly. <laughs> don't, don't encourage them. To- no, surprisingly, it's amazing. Okay. Um, actually, I think uh, Snappy Tomato Pizza has a pizza with fries on top of yeah, it. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not? Mm-mm. <clears throat> okay. So, Yeah. You just got to go to Italy anyway, and get a that's French fry pizza. It's yeah. good to know. It's good to know that other countries have as messed up a view as, of us as, as we, we do, do of them. them. <laughs> Absolutely. We oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. Although <laughs> France, do you come have on. a frog leg pizza? <laughs> I also had my brother tell me once while we were stationed in Italy that Japan is where pizza was really created, 
And brother, I'm sorry. You cray cray. You is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And Japan is just known for the craziest, most (laughs) off-the-wall, stupid concocted pizzas that there are. They are not. I saw one with baby corns on it. Really? What is going on like here? Like the little itty bitty? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's not a pizza topping. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> they are all the way outside of their entire they are. mind yeah, they when just, it comes to pizza. Yeah. Hey, we got let's, a crust. Let's see what we can put on top of it. Let's stuff it with a cheeseburger. A full entire cheeseburger. Hey, that would not be too bad. <laughs> I could do a cheeseburger calzone. Calzone, sure. This Before is, I I'm talking about dog. the actual crust. They made tiny little cheeseburgers. Oh my goodness! Into the crust. Oh my goodness. Okay, that just takes too much work, right? Yeah. <laughs> all of them. All of the Japan pizzas look like they took an hour to put together because they're just. They, it looks like it looks like someone dumped a pile of Legos on top of a pizza. Great. Anytime you look at it, it's just so weird. Ugh. Multicolored, whatever. We are taking far too much time talking about pizza. <laughs> I'm hungry. (laughs) Coming up later in the show, finding privacy in your marriage. Stick around. show here on the second hour on your glorious monday mo is it glorious is it a glorious monday okay <laughs> who who is the wrestler Which that one? says victorious because every time victorious? you say glorious i would uh, bobby glorious rude. bobby rude glorious. glorious but it's victorious that he says right no it's glorious is it glorious the okay. glorious bobby rude comes yeah, in, in a big that's blue what robe. i think of every time <clears throat> And so, therefore, no, Monday is not. It is not Uh, glorious. Five random facts. Hit me. Okay. Abraham Lincoln created Secret Service on the same day he was assassinated. That's a bummer. That's just a bummer. Yep. Uh, If you own an electric car in Norway, you get free public parking, free ferry, and toll road access, and the right to drive in bus lanes. That just seems the last one seems unsafe. Why would you why would you give a normal car a right to drive in a bus lane? The bus needs to be It's in not a lane. normal car. It's an electric <laughs> car, Matt. Get it right. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a swarm of 20,000 bees once followed a car for 2 days because their queen was trapped inside. You know, those are some dedicated worker bees. <laughs> Imagine the terrified driver. <laughs> <laughs> they Why won't are they leave following me, me? I've been stuck in here for two days. They won't let me out. <laughs> I wouldn't leave the car. I wouldn't leave it at all. I would be in there for two straight days or for however long it took for them he to leave had, me alone. I am just assuming it's a man. <laughs> <laughs> they had to have known at some point that there was a bee inside their car. It does not take long for a bee to come buzzing around. Maybe it was in the trunk. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe okay. he had no idea. True. Maybe he's just trying to go to Walmart and there's 20,000 bees following him. 
Yeah. Gosh, 20,000 I know. I was thinking the same thing. It's just like just a dark so, shadow yeah, following you. It's just you. a cloud of it's death. Like the cloud of death. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is a horror movie. Yeah. That is a horror movie. I want to know why somebody that hasn't picked it up yet. The worst nightmare fuel of all time. The guy would never be the same the rest of his life. <laughs> that would tell you. That would be the only story he'd ever tell. It would be the only story <laughs> yeah. he ever told. When I got followed by a death swarm of bees for forty-eight straight hours. Yes, Phil, we heard it last week. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The the captain, Captain Phillips, the guy that was oh, Somali pirates yes. attacked, and then yeah. they were out in the water, mm-hmm. and then. Snipers yeah. shot the guys. Uh, Brian Regan said, you know, that's that's the only thing he'll ever be able to tell for the rest of his life. Yeah. He's, uh, hey, did you, did you see the game? No, but that reminds me. One time I was in a boat and suddenly everyone else's head exploded except for mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a terrifying thing. It you is. Know, it is. Because <laughs> he didn't know it was yeah. happening. It wasn't yeah. an inside job. Yep. Ugh. All right. Many of the dinosaurs seen in Jurassic Park weren't, seriously, weren't Jurassic. <laughs> they were Cretaceous. Yep. What? It's true. <laughs> Why didn't anybody do their research? <laughs> and they just keep making the movies. They don't care. Ah. <laughs> wow. Do yeah, you several. hear that, Kevin? You let Kara know that her favorite movies are actually fictional. <laughs> Kara, your favorite movies are Jurassic Park movies. Ugh. Okay, so Ugh. I don't know for sure that they're her favorite <laughs> movies, but she does love them. I probably wouldn't consider them her favorite. <laughs> All right, what's the last one there? Uh, in two or the two thousand six pick in two, the two thousand six Pixar movie Cars has earned more than ten billion in merchandising rent revenue, Please. roughly twenty two times its total box office gross. Yeah, that car. The Cars has been the most furiously merchandise movie of all the Pixar movies. I don't even like cars that much. It's everywhere though. It is including I their agree. own like Hot Wheel ish car line that they just keep adding to <laughs> they just keep adding to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I really kinda thought that it would fizzle off and we wouldn't see anything. No. Nope. But with every new generation, if you will, of boys that are being born. Mm-hmm. It's... They're just watching them all. Yep. Number three was good. Number two was garbage. Number one was the best. I will agree. Number one was the best, and then I just don't care for them anymore. Did it's... you see number three? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm over it. Like Number three was like nostalgic. Almost. They were fun when my boys were little, and now it's like, why am I watching cartoon cars? <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> When Cannon was a toddler, that's when the first Cars came out. Oh, nope. It came out the year before he was born. Yeah. So, um, But he always thought that Lightning McQueen's name was Speed. Because yeah, he you says, told me that before. Speed? Yeah. I, am I am Speed. And so he would yeah. run around, I got Speed! I got Speed! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've been off for, for, for a week. We took a spring break. 
Y'all went camping, right? We did go camping. Yeah. Got your new RV. Got our new travel trailer, mm. camper. Christened it. Uh-huh. With a trip to where'd y'all go? The canyon. Paladuro Canyon. Paladuro Canyon, yeah. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Which is amazing. I think that's where... I think that's where Deidre fell off the cliff. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She that was didn't, terrifying. She didn't die. You weren't even there, were you? Were yeah, you there? I w- oh my gosh, I was there. I, okay. Haven't I told the okay. story? Okay, you have told the story. I got to tell you, though. Most there was a time moment of my life. Where she was with... Maybe she was with the group. Maybe she was with her parents. But Eli was just a baby, and she had Eli in the backpack, and she climbed this, the ladder up the canyon oh yeah, yeah and yeah. almost fell there yeah and when i asked her how did it go and she was like oh it was fun i almost fell but you can't tell matthew because he <laughs> freaks out about that kind of stuff yeah and i had elijah on my back he would be really <laughs> upset with me <laughs> she did eventually tell me but it was a long time yeah. after they <laughs> yeah so that's the one that i always think of whenever you talk yeah. about her falling off the cliff no, i'm like this is where we were walking hand in hand on top of this giant pile of rocks and she slipped and fell right off and i watched in slow motion <laughs> as she did a full flip in the air and then landed on her tailbone and as I say slow motion, like, I mean, I felt like I was watching this for 15 minutes thinking <laughs> she's going to die. She's going to land on her neck and die. <laughs> it was Y'all terrifying. were teenagers, weren't you? Yeah. You weren't married yet? Yeah, we were teenagers. Yeah. And I never had vertigo before that. And now I have vertigo. I can't be up too high in an unenclosed thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It was terrifying. Hmm. One of the worst moments of my life. But she was fine. Yeah. Her shirt came almost all the way off, which was funny because she didn't notice it. And Matt was like, yes! <laughs> you want to do yeah. that one more time? <laughs> oh. But uh, what did y'all do? Did y'all have fun? What did you do? We did have fun. So did you our goof around? Or? We did kind of just goof around. We got there Friday evening, set up the camper, which up until this point, we have camped a lot, but it's always been tan tent camping yeah um and so setting up a camper is like five thousand times easier than Mm -hmm. setting up a tent absolutely we just put a couple things down unhooked it from the car and (laughs) we are good to go you're camping yep so and it worked really well because with tent camping i had to help chris but i really wasn't helping him but I had to hand poles and, you know, <laughs> reposition and get the hammer and get the stakes and this and that. Nope. With the RV, he did everything on the outside. I did everything on the inside. And within 20 minutes, we were ready. The kids had taken their bikes. They were off riding bikes to the campground. They had like a clubhouse at the campground that we stayed at. So inside there was like ping pong tables and air hockey. Oh, cool. and Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. The kids just pretty much ran amok at the campground. The first night we realized two things. Our bed, we just had the plain mattress that you get when you buy the RV. Mm-hmm. We got like maybe three hours of sleep Ooh. because it was just so thin. It's like yeah. sleeping on paper. Yeah. Um, and we didn't bring the dog beds for the dogs. So the whole night, specifically our puppy, we tell him, go to bed, and he goes to bed, and he's good. 
He'll stay wherever he goes to bed and won't get up until the morning. He didn't go to bed mm. ever. And so he was running around the, the camper most of the night. <laughs> and Ace has a very low tolerance for him because Ace is an old man. And mm-hmm. so every time Tyrion would jump up on Ace, Ace would growl and he would run around the camper and then he'd try to go back to sleep. So the f- next day we went to Walmart and bought a mattress pad <laughs> and two dog beds. And our second night was so much better. <laughs> so much better. So if you have dogs, don't forget the dog beds. It's crucial. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I spent most of the week overseeing potluck madness. Yes, you did. Which I am so disappointed in. I don't even want to talk about it. We had a a uh, March Madness style bracket on church potluck foods, not including desserts, just the foods. And uh, we had four regions. We had potato-based, we had scoopers, we had snackers, and we had main dishes. Nope. And each day we had two votes, two, two matchups, whatever, for, uh, for eight days. And then uh, on this past Friday, we voted on the championship. And it came down to fried chicken and macaroni and cheese. And I thought it was going to come down to that. And I honestly had no idea which way it was going to go. And I am genuinely surprised that fried chicken won by such a wide margin. Like yeah, a good, it was it like, was like two macaroni times. and cheese made about two thirds, really? almost two thirds by the end of the night uh, of the amount of votes. I'm so that fried disappointed. <laughs> I even what... shared it to my personal page. <laughs> I saw your... Where are my macaroni and cheese people at? Go vote. <laughs> For Pete's sake. Uh, this was going on in our Facebook group, Back Row Baptist Church. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. A lot of people voted. A lot of people got into it. A lot of people were debating why this, that, and the other was better. It was really fun. It was good. Yeah. Good it... Stupid. And then last Sunday, I learned a lesson. And that is, don't ever give a child a microphone at church. was <laughs> made most bad. <laughs> we were I, I give the announcements did it go on your nose I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this was so good I am so thankful that you sent this to me because we were on our way home and yeah. I'm like oh I got a message from Matt what does it say and I'm listening and I was like no no and so then of course my entire family what what they're freaking out so I turn the volume up and I play it and the whole car goes (gasps) (laughs) so I give the announcements to church it's the first thing that we do for the service and then when I'm done giving the announcements I introduce our pastor and he comes up and gives him a welcome and opening prayer and stuff like that so I'm done with the announcements and I say and with that I'm going to introduce and as I say introduce he stands up like he normally does like he's coming up but apparently as he stands up he bites down too hard and actually breaks off one of the teeth in his his like dental appliance thing mm-hmm. that he has and he didn't realize how bad it was he thought it was much worse than it was he thought he broke several of them uh but he panicked and put his hand up and then walked out the side door and so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to introduce the pastor. And so I had to, I tried coming up with more announcements to share. And then I ran out of time. And well, why don't you just listen to what happened to yourself for yourself? Here we go. Am I missing anything, anybody? No? All right, then I'll introduce our pastor. 
Nope, I won't. I will not introduce our pastor. I can think of something else. Give me a minute. <laughs> no, I do have something. Uh, for those of you who haven't been to Celebrate Recovery before, we meet every Thursday night uh, at 6.30 is when our meeting starts. We have a meal at 6, a uh, free meal if you'd like to come to that too. Uh, I thought that was going to be enough time, <laughs> but anybody know a joke? <laughs> What's the joke? So there's a Mexican doing Okay. Now to do it. Head on back to your seat, my friend. Oh, no. Not with, no, that's all right. We're good. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. So, yeah, that happened. Uh, I still want to know what the end of the joke was. <laughs> um, I had a couple different pastor people tell me, if you're ever going to do that, you need to ask for a knock-knock joke. Because there's very few racially charged or dirty knock-knock jokes out there that kids are going to know. It's usually a safe bet. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Anybody got a joke? I do! Oh, gosh! <laughs> I wasn't thinking. I, oh, I was thinking. I was thinking, there's no way this is going to be inappropriate. It's going to be a childish joke. I was more worried that it wasn't going to be a joke, like my son tells. I was all, my son is telling jokes like, what has no eyes but can see? What? A shoe. <laughs> what? <laughs> shoes, shoes can't see. <laughs> Your joke. And he goes, I know it's a joke. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Jokes need to be grounded in reality of some sort. <laughs> That's, I like his method of thinking i know it's a joke sometimes sometimes his response isn't even a word he goes like we someone i don't remember we heard the what's brown and sticky you know a stick okay and so he heard that and he goes what's what's green and sticky a goobble gobble gobble i'm like what is wrong with you i wasted time listening to you This is a joke, kid. Uh, <clears throat> joking is not a joke. Joking is not a joke. Listen, he's going to end up being a stand-up comedian, and you're going to be the parent in the background that's like, I was there before the jokes were funny. <laughs> I was there before they had no point. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, those are the two big things that happened to me Yeah, that was in this life. Definitely a big one. <laughs> Lesson learned. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and there's a few lessons in there, I think, that you can walk away from. Uh, yeah, I need to have some backup material whenever I go up there, mm-hmm. just in case something happens. Yeah. Yep. Uh, when we come back, how do you find privacy when you're married? Stick around.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show on this Monday morning. We're in our third hour, and we are glad you're with us. In our third hour, we're going to be tackling, 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 <laughs> tackling a topic, uh, a topic. Oh, that would be tackling a topic. <laughs> I thought you got talking mixed up. <laughs> Either way. Oh goodness, we are, are we're, we're on Privacy Week. We're doing Privacy Week this week. And so each uh, each day that we're doing the show, we're going to be bringing up a different version of a privacy discussion. Today we're talking about privacy in marriage. Um, and healthy relationships, uh, of course, cannot exist without mutual respect for each other's privacy. And mm-hmm. this is why boundaries are so important in marriage. Uh, privacy in marriage is perfectly fine, but secrecy is not. And it can be a fine line and hard to determine uh, what's appropriate to share, what's mm-hmm. appropriate to keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of just going to ask those two questions. Yeah. Uh, what should be private in marriage and what should not be private in marriage? Yeah. Um, so this was your idea. <laughs> so it was I'll my idea. You, so I'll let you answer that first question first. Uh, what should be private in marriage? Oh, gosh. I don't I don't know that I like you allowing me to answer first. So initially, my first response is that there's not a whole lot that should be private in marriage. Mm-hmm. We should be open books with each other. We should be able to tell each other anything and everything. Um, obviously, if it's coming up on a holiday and you want to get them a surprise gift, it's okay to keep it private. <laughs> you don't got to tell them. Even if that means you have to open up a secondary Amazon account so that (laughs) they don't see the gift on your Amazon account. That's okay. But at the same time, we almost had a big, like, big Christmas falling out this past year because I specifically asked for something. Chris had forgotten up until like a week before Christmas. And every week I was like, hey, did you order such and such? Hey, did you order? Because he asks, what do you want for Christmas? Mm -hmm. Well, just get me whatever. No, tell me what you want. Okay, fine. This is what I want then. This is it. I even (laughs) sent the link directly to the website that he could order from. (laughs) Well, then I, you know, we do most of our ordering through Amazon. I go on Amazon. I'm looking at the orders in our cart. What I wanted was not off of Amazon, so I had no thought of seeing the Mm. gift. You know, it was off of a secondary website. So I'm going through our cart to check on orders, and I see that he ordered what I wanted, but not what I wanted. Right. What I wanted, but not the brand. The item, but not the brand or quality. And I already had that exact item. I already owned that item. (laughs) And so I'm going back and forth like with this moral dilemma of (laughs) do I tell him that I saw the order and that the purchase he made was one that I'm just going to have to return? You know, do I tell him now while there's still time to cancel it or do I just open it up on Christmas morning and be thankful that he got me anything at all? Finally, it came down to, you know what? I just want you to know, I appreciate the thought and the effort, but I already own this one, and there's a reason that I wanted a different one, because this one's not that great quality. (laughs) It doesn't really do what I want it to do. So I really would like 
this one that I sent you the link for a month ago. <laughs> and I found that he actually appreciated that honesty. Right. You know? Of course. Because you want to get your spouse what you wanted to get yeah. what they want. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, it definitely took that terrifying that moment would have yes. been. Yes. <laughs> yes, because I didn't want to come across as like spoiled wife who only wants the one brand and can't have anything else. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I got a couple things from a list online, uh, and I wanted your opinion on that too. Okay. One of the things that they say that should be private in marriage, and this is might be hard for you and I to answer because we both kind of met and married our spouses really young. Okay. But it's, it says uh, your romantic past okay. should be kept secret. Or, yeah. you know, not necessarily you can't know who I dated or whatever in the past, but you don't want to talk about all the. Right. The. I don't even know the right terminology the details. here. details. You don't the, want to yeah, know all, all the, the dirty details, details of yeah. past relationships because uh, that might make your spouse uh, feeling or feel insecure. Or inadequate. Or inadequate or mm-hmm. like she or he has to measure up to mm-hmm. previous people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. At least to a, at least to that degree. Yeah. I think I'd agree with that. I do agree with that. I, I think maybe knowing, especially if you live in a small town and there's a good chance that you're going to run into this person. Yeah. You know, former ex or whatever. Knowing that there was a past is okay. But. I don't need to know all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Chris has one ex-girlfriend who was very serious in high school. And had I not known that she was his ex-girlfriend, because she still continued to come around the family a lot. She was still close with his mom, close with his sister. Mm-hmm. Had I not known ahead of time that she was his girlfriend and I just found out years later, I probably would have been a little perturbed yeah you know yeah. I would, what what wait a minute <laughs> why is she still coming around <laughs> but at the same time i probably know too much to where i can't just look at her as another female i look at her and loathe her because uh, of yeah. things that i know a potential threat yeah you know <laughs> so um another one that listed here is political views oh saying that you know it's often that political views can be a major cause of disagreements in marriage. Um, they have, it's say it's possible for two people to have completely different political views and still happily coexist under one roof uh, with the idea that pretty much the only thing that's majorly affected by your personal political views is how you vote. And that's also a personal thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like certain political views are divisive enough that if I knew you thought the complete opposite, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have married my wife. If, I agree. Know, if our views on certain things. Like, I guess earlier we were talking about abortion. We were talking about unplanned, the movie, and stuff like that. If we had completely different views on abortion, that would probably be a deal breaker. Sure. I'd want to know that before we got married, yeah. but uh, I guess I, I can't say that it would cause a divorce or anything like that after we were married, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe at that point it would be better to keep, <laughs> keep it secret. Possibly. That's a very, it's a very, that seems like a very tough one. I Yeah. <laughs> and I think that over time people, you know, as we age and we go through life circumstances and life 
tears us apart, if you will, our our opinions change. And especially for you and I who did marry so young, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that over time our stance on some things may have differed. Shift, yeah. But if I can't openly talk with my husband about that and there be a, a loving understanding of, okay, I'm going to meet you where you are. I don't have to agree with it, but I can respect you for it. Yeah. Then there's bigger issues in the marriage. Sure. You know? Yeah. We should be able to have those kind of conversations with our spouse, of all people. I think so, too. Yeah, I think you're right. So I think this one's a little bit off. Meh. The other, the last one it lists here for that one, for for what should be private in marriage, is thoughts and opinions. And I guess what, here, let me read what it actually says. It okay. says, you are not obligated to share every single thought or opinion with your spouse. This applies to what you think about your loved one's job, relatives, dressing, and any other sensitive topics. There's no use hurting your partner with your opinion unless it's actually useful. Okay. So for the past two things, I think what it really should be is we don't have to agree because we're spouses. We don't have to be on the same page. If I feel a certain way about my brother-in-law's job and it's hurtful to Chris, which I don't feel a certain way, but whatever. If It's all she talks about. All the time, Nick. Nick. <laughs> your job is garbage. He knows his job is garbage, but it's, I mean, it's a Can't good job. Here. But anyway, um, if I feel a certain way about my brother's job and or his brother's job, and for some reason that's hurtful to him because it's his brother, mm-hmm. you know, because he loves his brother dearly, and my feelings towards his brother are meh. Yeah, um, <laughs> Nick. Ugh. Um, that's okay. I don't. I don't have the same connection with his brother yeah. as Chris does. You know, I don't have the same. He's not going to have the same connection with my sister as I do. And that's okay. We can still be husband and wife and disagree. But at the same time, I don't think that it's a matter of privacy. I think it's a matter of respect, if you will. Just respecting our differences. Okay. I don't like the last two. They don't make sense. <laughs> no, see, I, I disagree, at least with the last one. Okay. I, 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 I understand that. I kind of understand what they're saying. And uh, our marriage is over. because of that we no longer can coexist matt uh i have i'm weirded out by you just now um sorry no i i i don't because i'm i'm thinking i have a lot of random opinions and thoughts and they're mostly negative about about uh Different people or different things that that uh, Deidre might like. Uh, yeah. Especially people. <laughs> Some of her friends. <laughs> Some of her friends I don't care for. <laughs> but uh, I just... So tell me about those friends, not, Matt. Who are it's they? It's not beneficial <laughs> for me to just always be saying, you know what? I was thinking about your friend the other day. They really are garbage. They're garbage human beings. You know, it's just how's that? Why would I voice that? You know, why I should keep that to myself. That's not beneficial. That's not helping anybody. That's just saying to my wife, you have a horrible taste in friends. <laughs> I'm building this up. 
far greater than it really is in real life. I'm just going fact, through all of Deja's friends no, in I'm my actually, head. I'm actually having a very hard time coming up with an actual example. <laughs> but there have been times, let's put it that way. There have been times when she's had friends that I didn't care for. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm split on that one yeah. a little more than I would be like on the political issue. No, and I do see Chris has a friend who he works with, who he's very close with. They were t- they work together on the enlisted side. They now work together on the civilian side. And I'm just not a fan. <laughs> and Chris knows that I'm not a fan. But there was a time where um, he's said things that have made me get to this point. He's mm. said things that were very disrespectful to me as a wife that have gotten me to this point where I'm like, I just don't care for him. And the fact that you like him so much, it hurts me. <laughs> it irritates me. It offends me that you like him so much. And so there have been debates where like, he'll come home and tell a story and he can tell because I wear my... My emotions on my face. Mm -hmm. I do not have a poker face whatsoever. (laughs) So he'll start talking about this person and I just kind of look at him like, and you can be done. I don't care. I I wish to not hear about him. Thank you very much. And he said, why don't you like my friend? I only have one really good friend. Why don't you like my friend? Why does he have to be a really good friend? Exactly. That is my that is my response to him. Seven billion people on this planet. Exactly. (laughs) There are other people who can be your friend, and I am okay with those people. (sighs) All right. So let's flip to the other question. What should not be private in marriage? Um, I am not answering. No. Uh, basically what the idea would be is, again, going back to our, our initial statement, is that secrecy is not fine. So we want to create a secret-free environment, meaning we don't want our spouse to feel like we're hiding anything from them or that we have something about ourselves that they can't see. Right. Um, but let's say, let's talk about, like, passwords. Like okay. Like email passwords. Yeah. Getting into your phone. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's well, what's your what's your just initial thought on on that? Do do we give them? Do we give our spouses all our passwords, with the idea that if they needed to get into something, they could, but with the understanding that maybe we're not we're not spying on each other, right. that Kind of thing, right? right. So, um, yes, and that this is something that Chris and I have grown from because. The reason that we had so many marital issues stemmed from trust, Mm -hmm. and it stemmed from my lack of trust for him, and that was something that came from my childhood, nothing that he had done. But in that, he changed all of his passwords because his thought was, if you don't trust me, you don't get to see my stuff. Mm. You don't get to pick up my phone whenever you want to. Yeah, with the idea of, like, you're just looking for something. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So all of his passwords were changed. And to me, that was really an eye-opener as to, okay, now I am being blocked. Now Mm. I don't have that access. Whereas before I did, I had full access. If I wanted to go in his email, I knew the password. If I wanted to get in his Facebook, I knew the password. And if he was doing something that wouldn't have been the case. Right. You know, there would have been that wall up. Yeah. That was now being instilled as he was teaching me a lesson of you. Know. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Him and his lessons. <laughs> Listen, every now and then we need to learn a lesson. Um, but now I have full access to his passwords, to his Facebook, to his phone, vice versa. He can get into my phone, but I don't. Right. Um, and that's a big pet peeve of mine is... That you don't get into his phone? No, no. <laughs> that you're spouses not who will pick up their spouse's mm. phone and read through... Just to make sure everything's... <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, they just read through... nice and faithful Facebook here. messages or... And that, like... Sure. Because I'm going to tell my friend something that is private... Right. With the understanding that in the right way and in the right time, she will share with her spouse because they are spouse, you know, they are husband yeah. and wife. But there are some things that I don't want for him to read. Right. Some, you know, and that then creates distrust within my friendship. Mm-hmm. I can't say certain things to my friend for fear of what their spouse will say. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I get it. For, I'm going to bring up Kara and Kevin. But they do a really great thing. If I text Kara and I text Kara anything and Kevin has to answer her phone or check her phone for whatever reason. Like driving or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's going to respond. He's not going to read the message. He may read the first line. And if it's something that's not a big deal, then he'll read the rest of it. But if he can tell that it's something private and personal mm-hmm. that's directly to Kara, he's not going to read on. And he's going to respond in a joke. Something completely off the wall that makes no sense. And in that moment, I go, hey, Kevin, because I know it's him, you know, and there's that understanding. Whereas I've had other friends whose spouse will read their messages, their texts from me, and they will respond as if they are the spouse. Pretend to be them. Yes. That's frustrating. And then I'll ask the friend a couple days later, hey, about that message. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, he must have checked it. What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now I have stopped communicating with you via text. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and there's a fine line. Yes, we should share our passwords. Yes, our spouse should have open access to those kind of things. But it is not a daily thing where I pick up my husband's phone and I'm going through his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, I think that we should we should not be going through... Like our cell phone without their permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also shouldn't have everything all locked up like Fort Knox. Right. Giving off the impression that we don't trust them. Mm-hmm. It should be a situation where like, hey, can you pick that up for me and answer that? Yeah. Or see what they said and they automatically know how to open it. Yeah. Uh, because that is that level of trust that mm-hmm. you need to share. Uh, so, yep, yeah, I agree with that. Um, the other thing... That I think should not be private. 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 Is uh, That's a... Private in marriage. <laughs> private. Is uh, like your daily routine when you're not mm-hmm. together. Yeah. They should know where you're going to be at any point in the day. Yeah. Um, because if you're... If you say, hey, I'm going to be here from here to here... They might just show up. They might be bringing you a drink or something, mm-hmm. and you're not there. And then suddenly, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, because they're going to think 
you're sneaking around somewhere else mm-hmm. doing something you shouldn't be. And it might not, you know, not necessarily saying you're cheating with somebody, but right. it might be cheating on your diet and you shouldn't be. That's a temptation of mine. <laughs> yeah. So there's the whole like settings in your phone where you can turn, or at least an iPhone, where you can turn your location mm-hmm. tracker on, but only for certain contacts. Yeah. And so when I realized that, I turned my location tracker on for Chris. And I'm... Like, I did it and didn't even think about it. And then, you know, as my brain starts to work and analyze things, I was like, I wonder how many married couples don't do that. And in my head, I'm thinking, if you can't do that, if you can't turn your location tracker on for your spouse, there's something wrong. There may be a time where I turn it off because I go to Lowe's and it's at Christmas and he's like, wait, what's she doing at Lowe's? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but I'm only going to turn it off for 15, 20 minutes. Right. See, we did this thing. I don't think we have location tracker automatically on Android. Uh, but we did this thing called Live 360, mm-hmm. which was an app that's that shows you like a full, you know, Google map type thing. It shows right. you where they are at any given point. You can see them driving or whatever. Uh, we had to do this initially to help somebody else to try and keep track of them because they were having health issues uh, so we just both put it on there and we were both on it we could both see where we were and where they were mm-hmm. and it got to be an issue yeah well you started getting like anxious over it didn't you yeah yeah like just you know because oh, i where's she at what? i mean yeah but I, not I, started, I started panicking way. about her not you know not yeah not thinking that she was gonna be doing anything but just like, well, why is she there? What's going on? She didn't tell me about that because every now and then in her work, she's got to go somewhere else. And the same thing was happening to her. Yeah. Because I work here at the church most Saturdays, but often I have to run different errands. And she'll be like, why are you, what are you doing over there? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't an intentional move, but we just became slightly more, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Not necessarily distrusting. Concerned. But just, yeah. Just overly curious. To yeah. the point where it got annoying yeah. for both of us. So we both just... <laughs> and that's gonna, fine. We both got new phones and we never downloaded the app again. Yeah. <laughs> and we were both very happy about it. <laughs> so with the way that Location Tracker works on iPhone uh, is only if he goes in and he looks like... He has to go in and say, like, click on Megan's location mm. or whatever. It's not like a... Every time I go to this place or this place or this place, he gets a notification. Okay, yeah. You know That's what I mean? probably better. Right. Mm. Because I think even I would be like, wait, what? Why is he leaving? <laughs> Where is he going? See, I think that my anxiety would be, I see that he's leaving base and he's leaving base at, say, one thirty when he's not supposed to get off until 4. And I'm like, wait, is he coming home? I need to clean up the house. <laughs> I need to at least look like I've been productive today. <laughs> But then I would call him. I can like I can see this playing out in my head already. I would call him. Hey, where are you going? And that to him would be an automatic. She doesn't trust me. Right. You know why is Even she asking? Even if you were doing it in a, a playful way. Yeah. Like hey, I just noticed you were driving. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Yeah. Like why are you just sitting? Are you just sitting there staring at my location until exactly. I move? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's not until the role is reversed and it happens to the other one that you right. really begin to, oh, okay. It wasn't a matter of distrust. But that first initial, it's like a slap in the face. Yeah. 
And that's that's really what it kind of felt like between yeah. us for both um both both sides. Yeah. So uh I feel like I'm fine with the level of giving her where I'm honestly supposed to be and she can call me or drive by at any point and see that I'm there. Yeah. And if not, I have a good dang excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or Chris will come home from work early and I'm running a couple errands and he'll call, "Hey, where are you at?" I'm at Albertsons. Why? Where are you? I'm at home and you're not here. But it's not a matter of what are you doing? Right. Who are you with? Why did you leave a, oh, this hey, house? I thought you were going to be here. You are a housewife. You are supposed to be here all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think the last one we need to talk about. Oh, gosh. Is money. Oh. Money definitely should not be private in a marriage. But <laughs> then I see this situation with my mom. Ah, uh, okay. My mom is a compulsive spender. That's mm-hmm. that's that's like her coping mechanism. She spends, and she spends a lot. Mm-hmm. And she always has for as long as I've been. What is going on outside? I don't know, but it's a high-pitched hum, and it's starting to really hurt my it's head. It's getting louder. <laughs> what is that? Anyway, the aliens are invading. Hopefully, you're not picking that up on the microphone. Um, but yeah, she she uh, she compulsively spent all the time. Now she never looked at the finances. She never did a budget. My dad kind of handled everything. Well, unbeknownst to her, he has been putting a little bit back and a little bit back from every single paycheck. I mean, they've been in debt. They've had things to pay off. They've had things they've wanted to do or whatever. But mm-hmm. he's been putting this money back faithfully. For at least the last several years. Mm -hmm. And when he died a couple months ago, my mom thought, gosh, I have the $30,000 in our our savings and that's all I have. Yeah. Well, she has come to find out that he has saved like a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. And she's, I mean, that's still, she still has to be on a budget. She still has to be careful. Right. But... That could very well. She's got a good chunk of it in, invested mm-hmm. uh, with with Dangerous Company, and could very well keep her. Yeah, very happy until uh, her time comes. Yeah. and that was a that's a great thing, a mm-hmm. great blessing. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know at that for something like that because you know my dad was just honest with himself that. If she knows we have this, it's going to get spent. Yeah. Uh, and wanted to make sure that she was provided for. So. We ran into the, the same thing. Yeah. Um, with Chris's parents. And up until that point, I was very gung-ho. Like, you have the same bank account. You go over finances together on a monthly or bi-weekly or weekly basis, whatever it is that you, you know, you get paid and do your bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. You sit down and you do that together as a couple. You have an understanding of what's left over, what you can spend, what you're saving. That, you become one. Right. Um. But then when Chris's mom passed away, and Chris's dad is much like your mom, a compulsive spender and spends a lot. Um, I go through seasons of that myself. I do too, to be totally (laughs) honest. Um, But to see that, and most of the kids were fearful of what that reality was going to look like as far as funeral costs and, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure Chris's dad was... In a good financial place once his mom... Because his mom was always the one who worked. 
as well. Chris's dad was disabled before Chris was even born. So he was the stay-at-home dad and Chris's mom worked. Right. Um, so that was, I think, a big stressor on most of the kids. But she never told anybody that she was, and it wasn't in a bank account, she was just keeping it. She, mm. When we went through and cleaned up the house after she passed, Chris found a considerable amount of money in pocketbooks and in wallets and underneath the mattress and things like that, <laughs> that she had just kept. And at that point, I was like, this is how they survived. This is how they made it for so long. Because she knew what she had to do because of the person that she was married to. Mm-hmm. You know, she knew what she had to do in order to make sure that their life continued. Otherwise, their bank account would have been... yeah at zero every you know and i think and i don't want to come across as sounding ugly in any way but it's just an addictive behavior yeah absolutely it's something that is hard to control and so i think if you are in that situation where you know that your spouse his his or her behavior could lead to destruction Mm -hmm. if you will then you put up safety nets to make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not a matter of secrecy or privacy. It's a matter of survival. It's a matter of making sure that your loved one is cared for and protected even after your death. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what it would come down to beyond that is the budget should be something that you two talk about together and figure out together. You're spending Mm-hmm. shouldn't be secret right uh they should know you should be able to both see what you're spending money on with yeah. you know exceptions for christmas and anniversaries sure. or whatever sure but you know you shouldn't be it shouldn't be just one person keeps all the records keeps everything they're in charge of spending all the money you're doling out money to your spouse like it's an allowance mm-hmm. and sh- you know that's just yeah that's too far and that's going to cause a problem exactly there is And for me, the whole doling out an allowance for a period of time worked because I was going through a period of spending in order to. Well, I mean, if that's your if that's if that's your choice, that's a different thing. Right. Yeah. Um, Don't give me more than twenty dollars a week. Yeah, I will spend it. Right. And we would sit down and we would do the budget and we would say, okay, this is left over. And Chris would say, all right, so how's this for your total for spending for the next two weeks? All right, I can do it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's an agreement. Right. That y'all two make. And at the same time, I don't think that one person should have full say over the finances or the spending. It's not something that I feel like you should hold over your head. If your spouse, if Chris wanted to buy something that was a big purchase and... Okay, right after tax return, he wanted to spend a, a large portion of that on something that he had been wanting. I'm not going to say, uh, no, not happening. <laughs> One, it's his money. I mean. <laughs> no, that's, that's the wrong mindset. Matt, let me say, he's the one who works. Okay, he's the one who works outside of the home. I work inside the home. I take care of the kids. Sure. And that's worthless? He's the one who... No, no that's not what I'm saying at all. (laughs) That is not what I'm saying at all. But he's the one who brings in the money. Therefore, it's not right for me as his helper to say, nope, sorry, can't spend it on that. 
Okay. All your work and right effort. For, not right for you to be the dictator of the money. I guess. Sure. sure. All your work and effort, it doesn't matter. We're putting it here. I that, thought you were kind of saying that you didn't have a say at all because it no, wasn't your money. No, but <laughs> anyway, you got to let me finish my thought before you start yelling at me. But there have been spouses who do that. There have been couples who do mm-hmm. that. And and I I don't think it's purposeful in most cases because I'm, I'm in charge of the budget in our house, which uh, I'm the stay-at-home husband. Yeah, I make some money. I have two part-time jobs, but but I don't uh, I don't make the main mm-hmm. income. Yeah, uh, and of course my wife works in a financial firm. Yeah, so she knows money well. But that's it's why just you're in charge of the budget. She's <laughs> done with numbers at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but I do know that you know when when we're getting low on money or whatever, I do sometimes slip into dictator mode. Of like, what? You can't do that. We can't do that. We can't afford that. We don't have any money. Right? Yeah. And so I try to get out of that. I try to make it to where, you know, I know what we have. I know what we can be flexible on. And if something needs to happen, I don't want to feel like she has to come to me. Like, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Can I not? I just want her to be able to say, you know, yeah, we have money for this, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I want the situation to be. Or if you don't, then. Like, uh... Uh, can we push it? A yeah. Week. <laughs> what if we What if we split it up over the next two paychecks? Yeah. Like you, you yeah. know. I want I want it to feel like a discussion partnership, partnership mm-hmm. not a nope, can't do it. Like I'm the parent. Yeah. You know. Well, and I'll be really Money vulnerable. Money doesn't grow on trees. Yes. <laughs> I'll be really vulnerable though, and it was probably about a month ago that right after we got the RV, mm-hmm. and there are things that you need for an RV that you don't even consider yeah, that you need. that's a big, yeah. Until, big you know, your dishes, your pots and pans, your towels, things that you don't want to have to take from your house every single time you go <laughs> yeah, camping. that would be annoying. You know, um, so I went and purchased these things with Chris knowing that I was purchasing things for the RV. However, the price tag was bigger than either one of us anticipated. And my first response was... Oh, Chris gets notifications from the bank account on his phone. Our bank account has been hacked far too many Mm. times. He just keeps a constant watch on it. So that debit came out. That was a couple hundred more than what we were anticipating. And he texts and he says, was that you at Walmart? And so my response was, yes, it was me. I know that it was more than what we were thinking. I'm so sorry. I can go back through the things. And if something isn't necessary, I can return it. But... This is, I'll be glad to show you when you get home, you know. But because of my history with spending as a coping mechanism, I had to be a little more defensive. I had to say, yes, it was me. Yes, I'm sorry. But the things were necessary. Right. You know, and I had to be willing to accept that there were going to be questions. There were going to be, wait a minute. Are you spending it on things that we need or are you just having fun? (laughs) <laughs> is something going on that you need to talk to me about and we we need to walk things out, you know? Um, but you have to be open and vulnerable. You have to be honest. And Chris's response was, it's all right. It's not a big deal. We'll figure out budget for next time and how we can make up for it from, from this pay period. And that to me was just so comforting and yeah. so thoughtful because not only is it his job to protect me as far as emotionally, stability, our home, whatever, and financially. But he protected my feelings in that moment because he already knew that I was feeling kind of crappy when I saw that total come up. And I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. 
So he already knew that I was beating myself up. And he said, it's all right. We'll figure it out next pay period. Yeah. That's good. I think that's the bigger picture. You know? Yeah. When it boils down to privacy, that's the bigger picture. To really make sure that we are protecting the other person's feelings. We're not putting up walls. We're not blocking them out of certain areas of our lives. But we're protecting their feelings. Yeah. I think you're right. All right. Well, I think we've answered as many questions about that topic as we can in this hour let's move on to our uh, ask us anything before we close out the hour okay if you were a ghost and could possess people what would you make them do so this is a dumb question i can't be a ghost i'm not even answering this question but but it already sets up the premise no i know i know i know where you could be a ghost (laughs) all right I think I would just make them do, like, really annoying things to themselves. <laughs> Their hand doesn't work, and it's constantly slapping them in the yeah, face. that's what I was like. I would just be pulling pranks. I'd yeah. Be pulling pranks the Poking whole time. them in the eye. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't think I could do anything terribly malicious. Right. But that would be so comical. And not just for myself, but for the people around. Like, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Deidre, why are you poking yourself in the eye? This hurts so bad. Then stop doing it, but I can't. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> that would be so fun. That that would... I Okay, so you said pulling pranks. Oh. And it made me remember that it was April Fool's while we were on spring mm-hmm. break. So did you pull any pranks? I didn't. It was uh it was a Monday, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it Monday? It was a school day. Maybe a Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. Yeah. Mondays are my lazy days cuz I'm recovering it from all the weekend. It just required too much so brain effort. I literally just sat there. I didn't even do like usually I do like a hashtag or something on Twitter, on the Twitter account. Yeah. And come up with a whole bunch of funny ones, but no. This year I phoned it in, didn't do nothing. So my mom was always the prankster growing up. Like mm-hmm. April Fools is her favorite holiday. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Don't know why, but it was. <laughs> and I always tried to live up to her, but I never could. And as the kids grew up, I did like small pranks on them. But this past year, I took a back seat as my kids were the pranksters. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun to watch. Like Mila put tape, just clear uh, scotch tape in the door frame of Topher's door. So when he woke <laughs> up, he walked into a wall of tape. <laughs> Um, she taped the hairspray bottle of Cannon's hairspray because Cannon's hair is like his thing. So he wakes up in the morning to do his hair and cannot spray and can't figure out why it's not working. Um, and she drew spiders on the toilet paper. Oh, you posted a picture. So I knew these pranks before she did them because that was... That was the stipulation. I needed to know the pranks to make sure that they were okay. Nobody was going to get hurt. You know what I mean? Um, I knew about the spiders on the toilet paper. And I just ran into their bathroom as I'm running around the house cleaning up. Ran into their bathroom real quick. Turned to grab the toilet paper and like literally jumped. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. She just pranked me on a prank that I knew was there. And it worked. And it's hilarious because they were comically large spiders. They were. With giant legs or whatever. It wasn't a real looking spider at all. But I will tell you what, when you're not anticipating (laughs) a... A big black thing on your white toilet paper. Yeah. 
And then <laughs> Cannon puts soap in Topher and Mila's toothbrushes. Oh. Uh-huh. And Mila has brushed her teeth for the last week with a soapy toothbrush until two nights ago when she came up to us and she's like, I just can't do it anymore. I can't brush my teeth. Every time I brush my teeth, it tastes like soap and I don't know why. And Cannon just dies. He like falls on the ground and is rolling hysterically because he thought he had not done a good enough job. You know, Topher probably just rinsed his toothbrush out and didn't say anything about it because he's a teenager. And Mila had just been brushing her teeth with a soapy <laughs> toothbrush until she finally couldn't take it anymore. So, oh, yeah, I was a proud mom this past week. My favorite prank. There's, you know, there's a lot of those prank videos on YouTube that are just awful. Yes, they're. But there, there's one that gets me every time, and it's when someone goes to the beach. There's always people out at the beach that like they're using those showers, those outdoor showers to shampoo the sand and junk out of their hands okay. so they actually have shampoo yeah and so the other guy's like behind the wall or around because they're just under the water and their eyes <laughs> just keeps putting more and more shampoo in their hair oh my god so they just keep going and it just keeps coming out and like what's going on they're getting madder and madder it was the funniest thing i've never seen oh those. you gotta you gotta find some oh and then, man but there was one that i watched where They'd been doing it for like five straight minutes of going crazy. And then he put some red dye in their hair. And they pulled it out and it was bleeding. And they thought they had rubbed their head raw. And they ran off freaking out. <laughs> I don't know if that one was too far, but I was still rolling and laughing. <laughs> that's that the deep. thing. And that's why I told the kids I had to know their pranks before they did them. Because there's a fine line <laughs> between funny and too far. Terrifying. Yeah. So... But yeah, those are those are some of the best. Yeah. They're just yeah. Yeah. It won't go away. <laughs> uh, all right, we are way over time. Sorry. Stick around. We'll be back soon to close out the show. Back to the Back Row Morning Show. We are closing out the show. We got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse of the day is Romans 5.10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And our thought for the day comes from Tim Keller. Love is primarily giving. It is, it's an action that leads to a feeling, not a feeling first. I love that one. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore presentation at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. And if you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together for you into a podcast on BackRowRadio.com or most places you find podcasts. And don't forget to connect with all aspects of The Back Row by visiting TheBackRow.org and join our meme-packed Facebook group at BRBChurch.com. If you love what we do here... On Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash backrowradio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash backrowradio or go to backrowradio.com and scroll to the bottom. Mo, what's the final word? Privacy, not secrets. (laughs) There's a difference. That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.